This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 22, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Employers are shifting some of the costs of health insurance back to employees. At least that's what we're led to believe. Cato Institute Director of Health Policy Studies Michael Cannon says, in a sense, it's all really the employee's money. They just don't get to control it. NPR points to this study by the Kaiser Family Foundation, and uh, they the lead is high-deductible health plans are the new normal. Just over half of employees this year have a health insurance policy with a deductible of at least $1,000. Before we get to the substance of the Kaiser study, since when is $1,000 considered high-deductible? Has that always been the case? Well, probably for the past 50 or more years in the United States because Remember, for 70 years, we have had a huge tax preference for employer-sponsored insurance that encourages people to buy or to demand more insurance, through more comprehensive insurance, uh, in part because there's that tax preference, in part because it seems like it's their employer's money that's buying that insurance, and so deductibles have been uh, relatively low uh, until recently they've begun to rise. And this is actually a quite natural market response to rising health insurance premiums. Your health insurance premiums go up too much, well, you decide to save some money on premiums by accepting a little more uh, exposure to the risk of uh, that you will need uh, expensive medical care, and you do that by increasing your deductibles or other cost sharing. All right. Yeah, it seems like if there's only one way that an employee can make some sort of demand on an employer for a plan they otherwise don't control, it is would be over deductibles. Well, they can actually complain about all sorts of things and if you talk to people in HR they do. And that's that largely guides employers' decisions. You know, how uh, how will I offer my employee health benefits? What health insurance benefits can I offer them that uh, will uh, allow me to attract workers and complain and to get the least uh, amount of complaints. But that's no way to choose a health insurance plan. Uh, we employer-sponsored insurance is actually more like a government program than it is like a market system for health insurance because the, as the Kaiser Family Foundation reported, the amount that em- employers and workers combined pay for employer-sponsored plans, at least a typical family plan, in 2016 was about $18,000. About 5000 of that is money that came out of the employee's paycheck. About 13000 is how, is money that the employer paid. But that actually comes out of the employee's paycheck, too. Or it at least comes out of, uh, or it would. That's money that's part of their compensation, but their employer gets to control it because the government creates this huge tax preference for health insurance, but only if you give your employer control over that $13,000 of your income. So, what's been happening then is a shift back of the explicit costs associated with a health insurance plan shifting back to employees, but none of that control is coming with them. In a sense, yes, the the employee, the so-called employee portion is of the premium is rising. The share of the premium that the employee pays explicitly is rising, uh, but that's still the much smaller share, uh, and uh, the uh, amount that of their income that their employer gets to control is rising too. And you're right, employees have no more control over their employer plan offerings than they did before, which is why we need some sort of fundamental 
tax reform so that we can get that $13,000 out of it with the employer's hands, give it to the employee, and let them pick a health insurance plan that meets their needs. Most importantly, that doesn't disappear when they change jobs. Has the Affordable Care Act made that type of reform, uh, presumably removing the employer benefit associated with uh, providing health insurance? Has the Affordable Care Act made it more difficult to get that kind of reform? In a sense, the Affordable Care Act leveled the playing field uh, between the employer market and the individual market. Because on the individual market, it offers some tax benefits, and in the employer market, it, uh, or I, I should say, subsidies. And in the employer market, it imposes a tax on employer plans uh, if the premium exceeds certain thresholds that would tend to equalize not really the tax treatment, but sort of level the playing field. But it's sort of a great big hopeless mess. You're not going the uh, the Affordable Care Act, does, if it really leveled the playing field between the individual and the employer markets, then what you would see is people could choose one or the other without penalty. But obviously, that's not true because the employer mandate in the ACA penalizes really workers if their employer does not offer them health insurance. So, uh, if, if you work for a uh, medium size or large employer and they don't provide you health benefits, well, you're first being penalized by the tax code because you have to pay more money in taxes than you would if your employer offered you health benefits. And then you're being penalized again by Obamacare's employer mandate because uh, because your employer is not providing those benefits, and all of that money is coming out of the worker's pocket. So, there's, uh, I think that really leveling the playing field between the employer market and the individual market, reclaiming for the worker control over that $13,000 of their income that their employer currently controls, that's going to require both repealing the Affordable Care Act and some sort of fundamental tax reform that eliminates that preference for for employer-sponsored insurance. The Kaiser study is interesting, and it's uh, very useful. I mean, one of the findings from the Kaiser study is that now, not only do more workers have health insurance plans with high deductibles, but about 20% of workers now have health insurance plans that are eligible to be combined with a tax-free health savings account. So that shows the growth in health savings accounts or, uh, uh, or those sorts of plans. And uh, that, I think, is at least a hopeful development. But really, the, the, the Kaiser report is problematic. And I think for the same reasons that the Social Security and Medicare trustees reports are, are, are problematic. And that is that employer-sponsored insurance is basically a government program. We call it private insurance. We say it's administered through the private sector. But it's basically a government program because you have a government policy, the tax preference for employer-sponsored insurance, that leaves workers with less control over their money. If you've got a typical family plan, your employer controls $13,000 of your income and uses that to choose your health plan for you. So you're losing control over your money. You're losing control over your choice of health insurance. And somehow we call this a tax break. It's not a tax break. It's a, it's a government program administered by, uh, by private entities. And that's one of the reasons why people are so dissatisfied with employer-sponsored insurance and why the coverage is so lousy. So the Kaiser report every year talks about the employee contribution being just this $5,000 amount that employees have to pay directly. Whereas this $13,000 part of the premium, well, that's the employer contribution. And that really hides what's going, what is going on here. And I've had this discussion with the people at Kaiser that that $13,000 is the worker's income. 
we should be, and they should be talking about that as though it is part of the workers' compensation that they don't get to control. But they talk about it like it's the employer's money and it's not not coming out of the workers' pocket. And so I liken the Kaiser report to the Medicare and Social Security trustees report because it reports because uh, employer-sponsored insurance like Medicare and Medicaid is a government program. And the Kaiser report, the, the purpose of the Kaiser report is really to mislead people about the nature of what's going on here, much like the purpose of the Social Security and Medicare trustees reports is to mislead people about what's going on in those programs, make them think there is a trust fund when really there isn't a trust fund. And what the Kaiser report does is it makes it seem like your employer is contributing money to your health insurance when really he isn't, you are. Given a certain level of profit for the company, they're indifferent between paying that money to the insurance company or the employee. Right. It's just a cost of labor. And and a, a Pretty problematic one, but uh, and so uh, or a pretty uh, it gives employers lots of headaches, and they talk about wanting to get rid of health benefits entirely. But uh, the HR departments don't want to do that because that would mean lots of jobs, and employers are extremely risk averse about this because this is such a big part of employee compensation that if you make changes to your health benefits, such as by dropping them, you could lose a lot of employees. So employers are naturally risk averse. Michael Cannon directs the Cato Institute's Health Policy Studies. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.